all in your mind. All in your mind. All in your mind. All in your mind. Welcome, graphic audio fans. This is another episode of All in Your Mind. As usual, I am Rick Rowan. In fact, all the time I'm Rick Rowan. Uh, joining me today are uh, my usual co-pilot, uh, Dwayne Beeman. What's up? And uh, a special guest today, we have uh, Terrence Aselford with us. Good afternoon. You may recognize Terrence from such roles at or, or such books as uh, lately the Spellsinger series. Spellsinger series, um, some westerns, uh, the all kinds of fantasy, seminar green fantasies, seminar green fantasies, I should say. Yes. Book of the Black Earth as also. There you go. Yeah. Just yeah, just Google his name, you'll find all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but let's get to the meat of the matter. We also have on the line. Uh, one of you, a graphic audio fan, uh, please let's all welcome Chris J. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hello, Chris. Good afternoon, everyone, and hello out there in podcast land. <laughs> <laughs> so, sir, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm, I'm detecting a bit of, um, of a, a, what we Americans would term an accent. <laughs> well, actually, yes, I'm, I'm English, so I've been... Pleasantly surprised by how you guys at Graphic Audio have managed not to massacre the English accent. When <laughs> well, that is high praise, uh, yeah, indeed, you. and especially. Come on, I'm English. That is going to be the, probably the highest praise you're going to get. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take it, Chris. Yeah. We will take it. Um, yeah, and and also being a fan from from uh, across the Atlantic. Um, the the uh, criterion for uh, dramatized audio is is much higher because uh, you guys are aficionado, uh, aficionados of, of audio drama. Yes, I mean obviously um, we have the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, that produce um, a great deal of audio drama on what's called Radio Four, and of course there's the big company, Big Finish, who produce all the Doctor Who yep. audio dramas and various other things. Um, you guys are still my favorites, so ah, don't worry. Thank you. Well, God bless you. Well, tell, tell us about yourself. What do, you do, uh, what do you do for a living, Chris? Okay, so I'm 30 years old. Um, I'm a wheelchair user, and I run a disability awareness charity called Enable Me. Excellent. So we go to schools, we talk to kids about what it's like to have a disability, and also do training in disability awareness for schools, colleges, businesses, you name it. So that's kind of what I do. Wow, that's so a lot of administrative work, or a lot of lobbying, or what? What kind of uh, what? Are, just generally, what are some of the the nitty gritties of that? Well, um, I live in a place called Southampton, which of course is one of our port cities, mm -hmm. and I work in a little place called Littlehampton, oh, okay. which is about an hour away by car. So most of my graphic audio listening is done. Uh, in the car, whilst I'm driving along uh, the motorway or the freeway, uh, generally hearing one of you guys trying to blow something up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do a lot of that. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of weird, actually, hearing your sort of, I want to say, normal voices. <laughs> because, of course, 
I'm I'm so used to you know the likes of Ryan Corder, for example. You know your sort of much sort of scarier voice. It's like, hey, this is a regular dude on the other end. Hey, yeah. that's, that's that's not right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty strange. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I mean, well, it's like uh, for us, it's like you, you know hearing uh, a familiar uh, voice uh, voiceover actor um, that that we've only heard. Yeah. Uh, you know playing their craft, you know, hear them on an interview or a talk show or something like that, it's always a little jarring. Or even if you meet them in person, uh, it can be. Yeah. But we're all friends here. <laughs> oh, I, I, I have no doubt. I mean, it, it, do you guys, here's a question for you then. Good. I, I'm, guess, I'm guessing you guys do it because you, well, obviously get paid, obviously everyone yeah. gets paid doing stuff, but you obviously enjoy it, or at least that comes across in, in the recordings that you do, that you guys have a good time. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that, that I like best about it is I, I also do some stage work, but I get to play roles here that I couldn't possibly play on stage because I don't look like any of these people. <laughs> I can be, you know, six foot four if I want to be here, but I can't do that on stage. Yeah, you're not. You're you're def definitely not physically typed uh, being a voice actor. Uh, you can be vocally typed, but... Uh, uh, most of us, or at least a good chunk of the graphic audio uh, stable of actors, have versatility to play to play a variety of types of roles. Yeah, it's one of my favorite games. Actually, when I listen to a new graphic audio production, is figuring out you know who Terence is playing this week <laughs> and who Rick yeah. is playing. This week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting pretty good, but you know I am frequently amazed at you know the, the versatility you guys have in in your voices and it and it, it it is it is great fun as a listener it's one of those other things you know i mean terence you are the voice of mac bolan if i am not mistaken that is correct that yes is. <laughs> you do not sound remotely scary right now <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay. good under it's these circumstances thing. that's great I'm, I'm you know i'm glad to hear that but yeah. now that means we we've kind of altered the style of our closing credits now uh True. where we name people who played some of the major roles is that like a spoiler for you now is, uh, you don't get to play your game or you just don't listen to the closing credits well it, it's interesting because i started listening to graphic audio the first the first one i heard was um, when you started doing the DC Comics and you did um, Crisis on Infinite Earth. So wow. I just happened to be Googling um, random stuff here in Florida, as I tend to do when I'm on holiday. And, uh, you know, I'd heard so much about this comic over the years, and when I heard someone had dramatized it, it was, it was a completely, completely new experience for me. And that, of course, I got very used to hearing the credits at the end. And then, of course, I went further back in the catalogue. Uh, you know, it it sort of wasn't there, but you know, it was. I'm still I'm still sort of training myself out of thinking. Well, you know, Colleen Delaney can only play Wonder Woman, and I'm just sort of right. still working that back out of my brain. I've gotten totally used to it now, because because uh, I had to cheat, because I have both a Graphic Audio account and a Graphic Audio International account. Ah, okay. I don't get access to all of the content because, of course, you've got various licensing restrictions. Yes, um, for some of our titles, I, yeah. I can legitimately purchase in both countries, so don't panic. I'm not doing anything illegal. You don't have to cut it. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, you're the one who's not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Right. Well, you know, it, it's kind of. I always hearkened uh, back to the days of the old studio system, where you where you had actors that you saw all the time. Sometimes always playing the same type of character. Sometimes not. You know, uh, you you had actors that that were recognizable, um, but that. You know, Lord knows. I mean, every movie star is recognizable when they play, a, a, you know, another role, um, at least for the most part, uh, unless they're under latex or, or uh, you know, um, Daniel Day-Lewis or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so so what uh, what uh, what do you listen to? It sounds like you had a rather eclectic uh, uh, bag of, uh, of um, purchases recently. Um, what 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 are some of your favorites? Um. I'm a bit biased at the moment because I'm making my way through uh, Mac Bolan, The Executioner, and Sony Mass. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm listening to at the moment. Um, I loved all the DC material. I loved all the Marvel material. I've been making my way through um, Deathlands and through um, Rogue Angel. Basically, I pretty much own everything in your catalogue apart from the Westerns. Wow. I've not, I've not yet made the jump to Westerns. Um, but because I do two and a half hours driving a day, yeah. uh, and, I, and I have either the fortune or the misfortune, depending on who you ask, of living <laughs> alone, I will be listening to you guys continue to blow stuff up while some <laughs> mundane things as emptying the dishwasher yeah. and putting washing in the washing machine. So, you know... It's actually a lot easier to blow things up than to put uh, things in the washing machine as far as making it sound plausible. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it is. I mean, I, I can very easily get through um, two or three titles over a seven-day period because I do have so much driving to do. And then, of course, I get addicted to a particular title and then I'll sort of wander around my house with my wireless headphones on and say, okay, what more distractions can I come up with to carry on with me so I don't have to work? That I don't think my house has ever been so clean. <laughs> so, now, are you purchasing downloads usually or do you have hard copies? or? I try and avoid hard copies wherever possible because right. um, they, they take up too much space. They do. They do. And, and to be honest, downloads, I mean, yes, it's not quite CD quality, but for the most part, particularly when you're listening in your car, you know, high fidelity yeah. is not is not massively important. It's the story, it's the combination of the story, the acting, and the music, of course. That you know, it all comes together to 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 sell the product. True. Now, uh, you are, you actually uh, began this process, but but I'd like to take it further. What questions might you have for Terence or myself that we could answer for you? Well, I don't want to step on too many toes or ask questions that you might not want to give up. <laughs> well, we can, so. if, if you do, and we don't want to answer it, we won't. <laughs> or we'll just tell you and cut it out of the podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Um, what about, do you, do you post uh, product reviews? Do you have a name that you go by when you, if you do? Do you know what? It's not something I've done, and I'm recognizing now... Um, particularly in, you know, the light of things about, you know, sales driving yep. um, products. It's about time that I really did start doing that because, actually, if I can write reviews and say, hey, this is great, then maybe more people yeah, will... Yeah, you never know. It. That's, That's right. what we want. 
That yeah. always helps. And yeah. you know, we you know, we directors and and artists uh, <laughs> we couldn't call ourselves that. Um, I'm sure we can. You know, we are we are sufficient sufficiently ego driven that we check those pages for product reviews all the time. <laughs> so, so you're you're actors. I mean, exactly, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Who am I kidding? <laughs> but but. <laughs> But also, like as you say, there 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 are manifold reasons to 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 uh, post a product review. One is exactly what you're saying. It tells other people, "Hey, this is good," and you're calling attention to it. Um, just the having more reviews at, uh, at the title. You know, when you look under the stars, how many stars on average it gets. If you see a hundred reviews underneath that, it's a lot more weight than say four. You know, so just just by sheer weight of numbers of posting a review, even if it's negative uh, or 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 you may not be, you know, five stars or whatever, five headphones, um, that's still that's still helpful. And also, if you're signed up, if you're an actual graphic audio um, member, you get points for it. You get it, you get discounted points, so it'll make your future purchases cheaper. That's a big thing. Um, every time you yep. post a review, you get bonus points. So no, it, it, it's definitely something I shall have to try and find the time to do. Um, but as I'm sure you can imagine, running running a charity like I do, and particularly one one that's very small, um, you know, we have like three staff. Oh, okay, um, oh, yeah. I, I'm I'm kept very very busy. Do you? But, you know, this sounds like a really interesting uh, type of work that you do. Uh, is there is there a website you can promote or, or something that you would like to put out there? Um, is you there mean, would I like to shamelessly promote my own business? Indeed. No. Yes. yes. No, I'm, I'm not in any way going to direct people to enablemeprojects.org.uk because that would just be shameless. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, um, I'm not quite sure that was clear the first time. Let me try again. That <laughs> enablemeprojects.org.uk. So, no, I would never promote my business in my charity. <laughs> well played, um, sir. Well played. <laughs> thanks very much. Yeah. It, uh, I, I, I did take acting classes at school, but uh, I'll just say I'm, 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 I'm certainly not at uh, graphic audio level. Of your upcoming releases that you are able currently to talk about is okay. there one that you are particularly excited about well i like the spell singer series it, we're, it, we've already released the first two of those um but i find it to be a very interesting and fun series it's it's got some dramatic moments but also a lot of fun uh, moments as well i don't know if you've looked into either one of the first two episodes of that chris um the the Basic premise is that this young man who's a college student aged John Thomas Merriweather is plucked from his UCLA environs and plunked down into a parallel universe where animals have sway. And they also have pretty much human intelligence and emotions and they're capable of doing everything a human can do, including, you know, making war and handling weapons. You know, I guess they all have opposable thumbs. <laughs> so they've, they've developed and, and so the whole place is run by animals uh, of one kind or another. And he is kind of the fish out of water having to find his way through this. He makes contact with some other humans who, who are here by one means or another in this parallel universe. Um, of course, he... His big objective is to get home, but in the meantime, he discovers that he can create magic by playing a particular instrument that kind of resembles a guitar. And uh, by doing that and singing, he's able to conjure up things. And he's sort of learning how to 
how to do this without losing control of it, uh, which he does on several occasions and gets a lot more than he bargains for when he tries to conjure something up. It's a it's a modern literary classic. It's Alan Dean Foster, who's one of one of the uh, the old guards of science fiction these days. Uh, right, right. Of of that generation. Um, and he's also responsible for a great number of. Uh, Star Trek novelization. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and, and Star Wars. Yeah, that's how he paid the bills, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's so very cynical, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we all have to pay the we bills. We all have to pay the bills. No, no, but you know, I mean, any author worth their salt. I, well, I've talked to a, a number of authors that have done exactly that. Have done uh, Christopher Golden and and others who have novelized, franchised, and serialized. Um, I'm actually working on something myself now that I think of it, but but um, and and while it's gratifying, especially if it's material that you that you enjoy, you know, like if you were a fan of Star Star Trek, to novelize something from that is delightful, you know, and, and exciting and a lot of fun, or or say a, a comic, a uh, Marvel or DC Comics uh, property. But at the same time, it's not it's not quite that level of satisfaction of generating your own created uh, right, characters thing, and material, yeah. I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, an- another question I had, which hopefully is is suitable for for the rest of your listeners who by now are going to be totally sick of my presence, I'm sure. Not at all. Uh, uh, not you. <laughs> there, there are a lot of Rowans involved in graphic audio. <laughs> <laughs> it seems that way. All related you um yes uh yes uh there my my son uh and his um wife wife <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes i i was getting to it twain <laughs> it's been yeah, a long that, that, that it's daughter-in-law yes yeah, you know, the daughter-in-law quite, i love quite, karen quite, just saying they they uh, they uh created um our, our first original title playing gods so they um they are writers, um, but Chris also was one of our original. Um, oh, uh, what was the, what was the term you called it, uh, Dwayne? Uh, one of our. Uh, oh, there's a. OG. Yes, OG. Yeah, that's OG, it. Yeah. I was looking for the hip hop urban term, <laughs> but uh, I had to look that up when I when when you said it. Um, but he was one of the original uh, sound designers here at Graphic Audio. So his his very first. Uh, sound design was on an executioner 301 blast radius right. <laughs> and and by modern standards by certainly by modern graphic audio standards if you listen to that it's unbelievably sparse <laughs> it's i i think it was just yeah. terrence and nan and that's it I think they were the only two people in that book. I think book. that's pretty I, much yeah. it. I, th- I thought there was a one guest uh, actor in there, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it was just them too. And you know, we were still developing what the sound of graphic audio was, and and uh, and Chris, you know, grew up listening to audio, uh, uh, you know, audio books and audio dramatized audio stuff. I, I I immersed him in that stuff as he was growing up. So when he got a chance to actually do it himself, it was you know it was fireworks going off in his brain uh <laughs> but uh yeah so and he has also done uh, over the years he's also he is the child of actors so he has some acting chops himself and has been utilized in in productions as a performer um 
so yeah, you know, you know, there, yeah, there are a lot of Rowans going around. Yeah, there've been one or two Asel Fords involved too. I was, yeah. ju- I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris, yeah. My, my wife had, had noticed that that uh, you hadn't sort of been left out on 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 the action. Yeah, that's true. My yeah. wife Catherine and my son Bobby have uh, both done voices uh, f- for graphic audio. And um, Bobby was one of our youngest voiceover people. You can, yeah. you can hear Bobby grow up over the yeah, course yeah. of 11 years of graphic audio. Right. The first time we used him, we couldn't tell him, I couldn't tell him why he was doing what I was having him do. <laughs> uh, I just had to have him scream and, and, you know, I just said, do all the stuff you do on the playground. And we were able to uh, rework it so that it became a small child being chased through the forest by a man with a whip. <laughs> who was who was whipping him, and it worked. But I couldn't tell him what was going yeah. on. I just, you know, had to just get him to make the noises. Yes. But since then, he's uh, <laughs> done quite a few little roles for us. And uh, graduated on to more sophisticated roles. Yeah, I, 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 certainly I, 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 I can imagine a young child that's like, yeah, we're going into the Deathlands. Everything's doing <laughs> yes. China and Bob's Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And now he's about to enter college, so he's been with us for quite a while. Right. Yeah. So, in, in other words, you've traumatized your own family by putting... putting of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Productions. Well, families are traumatized uh, just by having actors in the family. But That's true. Okay, another random question. All right. Every, every time I hear you doing credits, and Mort Shelby, always right at the very end. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, is this person done to upset you so? <laughs> No, that's well in in the industry. Frequently, the last uh, credit is a way of making it special. Uh, in the same way that top billing, it's like you know, last billing is is just a notch down from top billing. Uh, if you'll notice in in like in television and film credits, frequently it's like and so and so as this. Yeah. Um, if you ever watch Leave It to Beaver, you know <laughs> Beaver was always the last. That's true. Guy, you know, that yeah. was announced. And in he the was credits. he yeah. was eponymous. He was the yeah. title character. Yeah. yeah. So so, uh, and it was just it was just kind of fun what, to do. playing. Say that again. I'm sorry. I said I always struggled to figure out what role he was playing. It was always <laughs> the one that was difficult in my in my list of people to figure out. Yeah, we we stopped kind of doing the 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 uh, where where Mort always brought up the rear, uh, especially once Mort started being a narrator too. Uh, yeah, I think once you um, become brave enough to uh, venture into uh, Western uh, land and graphic <laughs> audio, Mort Shelby will become pretty. That's true. Predominant in those um, productions, right? Mort, Mort yeah. Shelby has narrated, you know, hundreds of <laughs> westerns <laughs> for and us. Of course, I, I know that when I listen to a western, I will recognize his voice. As I, oh. By process of elimination, I kind of worked a, a, a lot of these things out. Yeah, um, but you know, it, 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 it's always been my it's always been my good laugh. It's like which kind of evil character, which which one <laughs> of his actors, Rick Rowan, doing today? Yeah. <laughs> Well, the villains are the best. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also like to uh, to do roles that are heavily affected, <laughs> ones that are either uh, very deeply pitch shifted, or you have some type of chorus effect, or uh, some other other. Batman. Yeah, well, Batman. Batman. Yeah. Your your Batman is some scary bleak. Yeah. That's all I'm going to considering you want to broadcast it. Well, it's thank scary. you. Um, so as as a fan who is. Uh, Probably borderline obsessed with your production. <laughs> <laughs> it's a um, lovely obsession. 
There, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a book uh, re- that we just published called Shadows Beneath, um, which is about, it's four stories, but it's really about the writing process of creating those four stories. And it's, and it's, it's called the Writing Excuses Anthology. And Dwayne, what would you say? Maybe 60% of it is not the actual stories. It's, it's more yeah, the, the you process would, uh, of writing it. You, like the very, pers- the very first part of the book, you'll hear the final stories as they were intended to be um, produced in graphic audio. And then the second part of the book is pretty much how the writers themselves went through the process of writing first drafts, second drafts, you know, third drafts if it needed it. And what we did was we produced the first drafts, the second drafts, and how and and the third drafts, and also in graphic audio to just um, show, you know, the process of how things had evolved, you know, over the writing process. And then also you would hear um, actual podcasts of the actual um uh, writers of the book. Are you a brand? Have you listened to any of the Brandon Sanderson stuff yet? Like Mistborn or or uh, Elantris or Warbreaker. I've listened to Elantris. Okay. So far, okay. And that what I really what I really liked about Elantris was the fact that I, d- I don't want to sound sort of insulting to you know the more pulpy books like, sure. for example, Mac, Mac Bolan that you could listen to whilst you were doing a hundred other things. I right. greatly enjoyed them, so don't get me wrong. But I found, particularly when you're looking at Brandon stuff and things like Alondra, it's like, damn, I have to stop what I'm doing and actually listen to this. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. That, that's true. Otherwise, I will get confused. Yeah. Right. And, and, the, and there is that sort of difference there. I mean, I do have the other Brandon stuff, and it's, it's very much on my list, but that's going to be the kind of thing that I do probably when I'm sort of not driving. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah that's that's true of a lot of our uh, of our uh, books our I mean, fantasy books anyway sure yeah. mm-hmm. I mean I, I uh, you know that's that was uh, one of the aspects of, of my son Chris's and Karen's book uh, playing gods is it is very detailed and nuanced and a lot is delivered uh, in a fairly subtle fashion and if you're not paying close attention you can get lost you can miss the stuff I mean but that's what rewinding is for right <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. I always treat things you know I mean you've got what 125 episodes of Deathlands now yeah, yeah. and I, I I kind of treat that like well that's kind of my weekly TV series right mm-hmm. right it's, right. It's a, it is the kind of thing that you can not watch but you can listen to whilst you're doing other things. But, you know, things like... Um, I'll tell you the other one that's quite like that, the stuff by um, Simon R. Green. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Massive, massive fan of his stuff. Um, of course, right back in the very beginning, and of course it's very difficult to get hold of now, was all the, the Deathstalker stuff that right. you guys did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Way, way back when. I'm not going to talk about that because there'll be a reason there and I don't want anything <laughs> else to get cut. But, <laughs> uh, you know, that it was... It was, you know, really, it wasn't quite as pulpy and it required some real real listening to. But what I always liked about Simon R. Green, there was a, there was a biting sense of humor there. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, you know, uh, all, all due fairness to you guys, you, you pull off humor as well as you 
pull off the um, the, the blow stuff up. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Good. Thanks. Well, Simon R. Green's uh, writing his his prose is uh, when you when you get a big narration chunk. Um, in graphic audio, it's frequently problematic, and we try and trim it down. But I, I've always found that Simon R. Green's uh, narration is so entertaining, and yeah. there's so much of his own personality that comes through it that I am loath to cut any of it uh, because that, to me, is, is you know is a good chunk of the charm of his of the book of his writing style. And, and actually, you know, there have been times listening to Simon R. Green where I have started cackling maniacally in the car. Because, <laughs> <laughs> Which must alarm Uric. the other drivers around him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, particularly you, Rick, because obviously you've, you've read quite a few of them and yeah. you've, you've read a, a few more, but sort of yeah. you guys have perfected the very deadpan delivery that actually this yep. stuff requires. It, it is very English humour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, well, I... Because he is English, isn't he, Simon? Yeah, he yeah. is. Yes, he is. He is. Yeah. And uh, the, the other one I'm really looking forward to, uh, I haven't listened to it yet, is uh, Sir Apropos of Nothing. Oh, yeah. Ah, yes. That's, yeah. yes, Scott's uh, title. Now, that's, right. P- that's Peter, Peter David, David. Right. Mm-hmm. Who, who has written, a, he has a large uh, comic book writing background. Um, but, uh, this is, yeah, it's a, it, it's definitely a humorous series. It, it, it has a Simon R. Green-esque feel. It does. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I think you'll like that. Well, what really piqued my interest was actually you compared it in your write-up to, um, Blackadder. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. As an Englishman, um, I've always been a fan of Blackadder. I think Rowan Atkinson is, is an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. And I think yep. the kind of yeah. Top comic timing in there is is perfect and that's that's very much on my list but i have to finish uh mac bolan number 92 (laughs) (laughs) a particularly good episode (laughs) you haven't got the faintest idea which one i'm talking about uh sure he does wait a minute let me just click (laughs) on this oh yeah mac bolan saved someone (laughs) yeah right 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 Right. i think there's there's going to be gunplay It would be the most boring Matt Bolan ever if somebody didn't die yeah. horribly. Oh, absolutely. Well, at one point, very early on, we we sort of in a in a humorous fashion started you know hashtag or hash marking the number of you know the body count, and uh, <laughs> it had got pretty ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's it's there's a, there's a, a certain amount of checking your brain at the door required, yeah. but yeah. but that's true of a, of a lot of genre in Pulp Fiction. You don't want to you know. Uh, you don't want to sweat those kind of details. There was a really interesting article I happened to read the other day is that actually, how on earth do we justify Mac Boland's age? Well, there you, yeah. It's like James Bond's age. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty much, yeah, the James Bond uh, model, yeah. Well, you keep modifying yeah. the backstory, the right. history. Yeah, and, and of course, when you consider that the first novel was released in, what, 69, and right. we're now in 2016, yeah, he's still about 30. Yeah. He's still yeah. the meanest mother that ever lived. <laughs> but, you know, that is, that is the nature of every serialized hero, you know, a, a, a serialized narrative hero. Any character that lives past a normal lifespan it, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to tweak. You're gonna have to change the backstory, or or ignore it completely. Or uh, that's just you know. Yeah. Don't forget the very important, utterly immune to bullets thing. Yeah. 
particular seems to have going. Yeah. I, I, but I, I'll tell you though, I do enjoy um, seeing characters in different time periods, different, um, you know, especially the time period in which they were first created. I, I love, you know, a Batman of the 1940s. Um, you don't see it very often. I mean, they try and capture elements of it sometimes in the design of things. Um, I'm a big fan of, of uh, all the, the the CW superhero stuff. The and um, and one of the Flash uh, recent Flash episodes, they go to Earth Two, which in the comics is means is the. Are you are you are you you know what I'm talking about? Oh God, yes. I'm I'm a true geek. Okay, right, good. Come on. All right, good. Well, then, then you will appreciate what I'm talking about. the 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 Earth The Earth Two aspect is like it's they incorporate. I mean, because in Earth Two in the comics is basically the Justice Society, the old um, the old guard heroes. You know, the heroes from the 40s, basically from the late yes. 1930s and 40s. So, it's, it's Silver Age of comics. It's yeah. Well, the Golden Age then. Uh, yeah, technically, silver is considered any time from sixty, right? Well, actually, in the early uh, late fifties, because it was it was the when they brought back the Flash as Barry Allen is is frequently hailed as the beginning of the, the silver age, the okay. silver age, as they you know so which was like nineteen fifty eight, maybe okay. somewhere in the late fifties. I knew it was late fifties, early sixties. I wasn't sure exactly. But, but on yeah. the flash TV show, when they go to world, uh, earth Two, it's not, they can't, they're not literally doing it as the 1940s. It's as if the 1940s lasted into our own era. So there, so it's a mix of, um, it's not, it, it's, it's the equivalent of steampunk in that you get the retro sensibilities of an earlier era with, Advanced, more advanced technology, that kind of a feel. Um, what's there's another term for that? I don't know if maybe you know, Chris, of of that retro futurism, um, where you know, like it's the world of the future, and, and, it, and everything looks, you know, they're flying cars and things like that. Uh, that 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 we expected to have back when we were projecting the future at the you know the 1939 World's Fair or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, I. I'm, I'm afraid I, I can't think of the title, but I think we've established that Rick Rowan is a massive geek. <laughs> well, if people don't know that by now, they yeah. they don't know me at all. Yeah, um, yeah, that's certainly true. So, random well, question. Yes, go Supergirl, ahead. Yes or no? Say that again. Supergirl. Yes or no? Have you been watching CBS's attempt to? to I comic? I have been. Have you been? Watching? I just saw the first episode, but uh, have not. I have to say, and considering it's by many of the same production team, or at least the same same overseers as the CW stuff, which I love, I at first was not thrilled with the tone of the of the pilot episode. Um, I thought it was a little too cute at times. Um, the character of Cat Grant, I thought, was a total over the top caricature, but it evolved, and and I am at the point now that I'm I am all in. They have incorporated elements of uh, of the DC Comics lore. They've they've uh, acquired uh, um, certain characters that the other uh, DC incarnations haven't yet. Uh, you know, uh, got their claws in. Basically, um, I understand we're even going to get a crossover coming up pretty soon between a CW character and uh, and you know Supergirl. So. Um, 
so yeah, I, I and I love I love her. I love Ben. I don't know how you pronounce her last name. Um, no, I mean I, I can try. I'm English, so I can get a mispronouncing it. So Melissa Benoist. Benoist. See, I wondered if there was a French thing there, but but I don't know. But but she's terrific, and and there are other. There, the whole cast is really good, and the writing has gotten to be really strong. And I love the look of it, and and I love. I'm amazed at what they can do with technical uh, effects, you know, uh, special effects on a television budget nowadays. Mm-hmm. Her flying and super heroics are just, you know, impeccable. They happen a lot at night, <laughs> which is true of a lot of the more flamboyant special effects on series. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's okay with me. So yeah, I, I mean, I, go ahead. I think I think for me, what will be really interesting the the crossover in question, it will be interesting to see how the increased budget that CBS will offer, how that will play out when they bring the particular character over. Yeah. I, I wonder if the increased budget is going to result in, in anything interesting. I don't know. That's a good question. I, uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I, we shall see. I will, I, will, I will be there to watch it. I can tell you that. So. As, as, as will I. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I, I think we are getting to the point where uh, we actually have a little bit more work to do today. So I know Terrence does. Yeah. So we, we're going to have to uh, so, sort of wrap this up. Um, is there any uh, any point that you that you would really like to uh, to discuss quickly before we before we wrap things up, Chris? Uh, gentlemen, I've taken up far more of your time than I than I have any right to. Uh, yeah. It's been. It's been an absolute privilege to chat to you all, um, and it was certainly worth going in for the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> it's been fabulous. One, one final question. Sure. So you've got something to sort of end, sort of maybe end the podcast with. That's what, good. Um, what, the question to each of you, what has been your favorite graphic audio production mm. so far, and why? Hmm. Terrence, you first. Well, I liked the Outlander series very much. Uh, I was sorry to see that go, and and uh, I enjoyed working on it. I think, and when it comes to westerns, and Chris, you may you have yet to discover this, um, the the uh, stories of Elmer Kelton uh, fascinate me most of all the western stories. Mm. Very frequently, westerns are filled with cardboard characters, and True. the bad guys are all bad, and the good guys are all good. Whereas Kelton writes very three-dimensional characters. The, the good guy always has something that's tempting him to the other side one way or another, yeah. uh, even if it's temporary. And the bad guy always has one little aspect where you think, okay, I see why he became the way he is. It's a real pity that he's that way, but, uh, but I, it's all justified, and I understand from his point of view yeah. why he's that way. And it, it just makes it much more interesting to watch it's... these two forces kind of oppose each other, and yet you, you know that that each one kind of knows what the other one is about, and it's great. That's good writing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it really is. And Mr. Kelton is no longer with us, but he left an awful lot of work behind, and I look forward to recording more of it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Dwayne, do you have a favorite? Uh, I mean... Well, um, probably along the lines with Terrence, I had an opportunity because... um, I didn't have enough sound designers. <laughs> so you had to step so I in. Had, I had to step into the uh, mix and um, actually do sound designing on a few books. And uh, primarily, it was a Kelton series called um, Sons of Texas. Mm-hmm. 
um, that I got a chance to work with uh, Terrence. Johan Detweiler had did like the first two books and I had uh, did the uh, last couple. Aside from just having to do the sound design on the book, um, a lot of what Terrence had said was um, correct about the characters and the way Kelton had writ those, wrote those stories. You know, you really got really invested in those guys and usually when something bad had happened to one of them you just feel real bad about it you know and stuff um yeah. like it was just one character that was a real i don't know i i don't want to you know use a very negative word to describe <laughs> him but as the series had went on you begin to see that he wasn't such a bad guy it was because mostly because of his brothers he was kind of um being that way but you saw that he was actually a pretty decent guy and a very good guy, but at the end, you know, um, things just didn't work out for him, and um, and you just, I just kind of felt real bad about that. So the ability to pull me into um, a story, you know, where I actually really care about the characters, because yeah. you know, growing up, I really wasn't a big reader. I I, I watched a lot of television, uh, movies, and read you know, my fair share of comics, but um, I was never really a reader. And so for, you know, the ability to pull me into a story like that, it, it really um, is top-notch work from that author. And uh, so, you know, that book was special for me, not, a, not just because I did the sound design on the book, but also it was just a very well-written book. And, you know, two of um, the comics uh, that I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed Civil War, mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed the Craven book, I, uh, oh, Craven's oh. Last Hunt. Um, those yeah. were probably um, uh, the top two comic um, productions that I really dug. So Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this while, I mean, there, there, there are several ways to approach it. I mean, the, my, the favorite character I've gotten to play would be the Joker. So I have a great deal of affection for uh, Batman Inferno, which in which the Joker is a large chunk of the whole show, um, and I've always enjoyed playing Batman, of course. You know, you know, and of the Batman books, my favorite would uh, probably uh, playing Batman would probably be Wayne of Gotham, um, just because the writing of the character. Then he's an older guy, and and talking about making a character human and. And uh, finding more nuance, and and you see more facets of his of his psychology and personality that that would come into play. But as far as a production that that I think we just got it as close to uh, absolutely right as possible. Also, I had enough investment in it as a, in the production of it. Um, I would have to say Civil War too. Um, I didn't play any big roles in it. I had I did gave myself little, you know, cameo roles in but but the whole production, I've had occasion to listen to most of it more than once since, you know, the three years ago that we did it. And and I and it really holds up. It stands the test of time. A lot of times I'll listen to stuff that I haven't you know, it's been a while since I did it. And I remember it more fondly than 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 reality sometimes uh, <laughs> would would uh, would say when I listen to it again. But um, 
but uh, yeah, I guess I guess probably as far as I mean, I and you know, playing gods has a lot of emotional attachment for me because it was my son's work and I directed it and and I had a lot of influence on it, but it was still his and Karen's baby. So I, Civil War, I guess, is my answer, my long-winded answer to that question about 20 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you still with you us, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't put you to sleep. <laughs> you were the guys that clearly don't want to go and do any work. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's that. There is that. Well, uh, we do want to thank you, Chris. Um, uh, give it Just very quickly, give us a, a, a short summary of, of the nature of your, of your, uh, your job and your work and, and promote the website again one more time. I mean, okay. shamelessly. Shamelessly. So my charity is called Enable Me. Um, we're based in the south of England. Uh, we go into schools with teams of disabled volunteers to talk to kids about what it's like to have a disability uh, and to raise awareness and reduce, I wouldn't say prejudice, but to reduce ignorance in the truest sense of the word because people just don't understand disability quite a lot of the time. And we also offer disability awareness training to schools, colleges, businesses based around, you know, language, legislation, communication and stuff like that. Is this international? Sorry? Is this international? Um, No, we're quite a small um, local charity, but we do, we are starting to do work all across of the United Kingdom. Okay. Um, But I'm always happy to drive um, more more hits to our website which is enablemeproject.org.uk and we also have a face a facebook page a twitter page an instagram page so if anybody out there in graphic audio fandom would love to get my um likes up on facebook and support the work we do that would be absolutely fantastic and i would be forever great excellent that's well, awesome well yeah. it's been a pleasure talking to chris J. uh we want to thank you sir for your fandom and, and your participation in the podcast. Absolutely. Gentlemen, thank, thank you very much. It has been an absolute honor, and it has been very, very, very enjoyable. And I hope to God you guys actually have some of this that you can use in a podcast. <laughs> I think sure. we do. Yeah, I think we do, Chris. <laughs> I think we do. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thanks. No, it's much appreciated, gentlemen. Have a good day, and thank you for doing Graphic Audio. You're very welcome. welcome. Bye-bye. Bye Take now. care, Chris. Bye-bye. And thank you for listening. Uh, well, that was fun. Yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, so, so um, yeah. we're, um, you know, one thing we haven't done, speaking of shame, we've, we've done plenty of shameless promotion, but we haven't really directed graphic audio fans to where they might purchase some of these products, Dwayne. They can purchase them at www.graphicaudio.net. All right, enough said. Well, thanks for listening, folks, and uh, we'll see you next time. we got another fan uh, podcast coming up soon. Yeah, our buddy Shane Lowe. Excellent. Boy. So, uh, until then. Peace. Bye. All in your mind.